In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, i got a story to tell. I don't know exactly what the name of this show is going to be, but this is a story that you don't want to miss. Destiny. Something creative like that. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Dog, in the brand in the brand new, if I can speak, Moran Family Studio out here in the state of Texas with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, what's up? Not much. You lie like a dog. There's plenty. There's plenty up. Not Speaking bad. from experience? No, no. There is enough there. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so as we get started in this, um, as you heard in a previous episode, I just want to tell you a story of a Jack that I met. And if you are new to the show, when you email in and you talk about your life and your story and ask for advice, if you are a man, we call you Jack. And if you are a woman, we call you Jill, just to uh, protect your... I don't know. To keep you anonymous, let's just say it that way. So here's a little story I got to tell about Quincy Moran, a guy you know so well. No more rhyming. Um, Before I do that, make sure you take advantage of our email address. It is Quincy, which if you don't know, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. That's mvsm, like man versus marriage. Or Jeannie which is J-E-A-N-N-E at mvsmpodcast.com. And run on over to wherever you listen, and please give us a raving review so that we could broaden this platform and more men and women can hear about marriage and gain hope. And if they submit their story, maybe it helps you as well. And one thing that we've done lately is uh, when somebody emails in and talks about their story, we are reading their story out loud, replacing Jack and Jill with whatever their names are. And I'm told by those listeners that it really helps to hear their story. And the reason it does, I think, is part of my philosophy where, you know, it's hard to see the picture when you're standing in the frame. But if you can stand outside of it, it's always easier to give your friends advice on their mess than it is to give you advice on your mess because you're just too close to the picture. So I encourage you. I give you my commitment. You will remain anonymous unless you say, I don't care. Put my freaking name out there. Who cares? Uh, And even then, we'll probably just keep you anonymous. But uh, yeah, those are awesome. And if you haven't already, go go, uh, look through um, some of these episodes we've done with Marriages We Admire. You can hear uh, from... John and Susie and Jeff and Candace, who are just fantastic human beings. We'll have some more uh, of those episodes coming, as well as some special guests coming up. But now we talk about this story, and I'm going to tell it in as much detail as I possibly can. And for uh, the gentleman that is a part of the story, or the story is about, um, I hope the best. 
and I'm looking forward to an email update for how the show is impacting you and uh, what you're doing to change and if you are, in fact, building that lifestyle um, that you said you wanted to. And he did give me permission during the ride to share his story, which is awesome. So, as you know, uh, listeners, uh, Jeannie and I have moved our family, 10 people, 4 dogs, a couple of vehicles, uh, from California to Texas. And part of that, um, I have a, a company vehicle that I needed to go back to California, finish up some business, and then bring with me uh, to Texas. It didn't help that when I got this particular truck, it had some transmission issues. I thought it was the turbo, because we have this same engine in our van. And sometimes it'll surge, you know, just figure maybe it's the, who knows, maybe it's the bypass valve that's not blowing off the pressure right who knows but it was it was doing some weird stuff and then it really started getting bad and i had a long distance to travel in california basically northern la county up to the oregon border i didn't make it that far but i'd made it very far up north california so when we were moving i said shoot man i'll just uh i'll just put this thing in the shop while i'm on vacation so hopefully it gets fixed when i get back it'll be ready for me to drive to Texas, which is just laughable in itself because, and I hate hearing this phrase, supply chain issues. Uh, We've all just relied too much on that when things don't come through. But in essence, things just did not allow it to go that quickly. So I had to get another vehicle. Something that was pretty cool about this story is uh, the vehicle was actually down in Southern California down in a a city called San Juan Capistrano. Um, What was interesting is the truck already had Texas plates, so kind of funny enough, it kind of worked out that way where I hadn't, and Jeannie and I had already been through, you know, re-registering vehicles, but I took that on. Um, But with that being said, um, I had a quandary because I had to get, I had to take about a two and a half, three hour trip um, in all my, all my basic, uh, you know, buddies, basic buddy, all my buddies that would normally be able to help me just could not because they had things going on. It was a Friday uh, and they had meetings or they had pre-planned things that they needed to get done. And this was all kind of put together at the last minute. So um, I had to rent a car anyway to do some of my business in California. And so... I was like, well, I checked an Uber trip. It was about 150 bucks to get down there. I figured maybe I could pop on my laptop and get some of my administrative and other sales work done as we as we drove down. And, uh, you know, it was like, I wonder, three hours a long time to be in a taxi of sorts. <laughs> so is, is Uber the right choice for me? So I started looking at it, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just... Uh, Maybe I'll just see if I can extend this rental car and do a one a one way and drop it off. And I was like, if it's anywhere close to this hundred and fifty dollar price, I'm just going to drive down there. That way, if I need to stop, I want to get a drink, you know, use a restroom, anything like that. That's probably the better idea. So I waited around. I checked a few Ubers. I was like, uh, your driver's four minutes away, fifteen minutes away, five minutes away. So. You know, it took me about an additional hour to get the Uber set up. So the price came back. 
let me tell you, I had lost all faith in Hertz rent a car just because of some experiences I had. Now, not nearly as bad as Enterprise. That I'll never forget what they did to my wife, how they shut the gate and just looked at her and basically laughed in her face, even though we had an appointment. Five minutes before it was closed. And it was five minutes until closing. We, it, They had no idea to know, but she needed the, the vehicle to go down and, and take care of uh, our daughter's... Um, appointment at, at like children's hospital and you can't get our van down there so anyway um this guy kenny it hurts in lancaster california look that guy up if you work for hertz or you're some kind of executive give that guy a raise do a lot of things good for him because he went above and beyond uh, in my opinion so he told me what the price would be the only problem was is that it was still going to be about 25 minutes away or more in California traffic from where I needed to get the truck. So it's going to have to take an Uber anyway. So it would have cost me roughly the same amount of money. Plus I would have had to put fuel and I'm trying to be frugal for the company. So it's like, well, you know, bro, I, I appreciate all the effort you're going to, but I'd still have to catch an Uber. It would take me 20, 30 minutes more. I'll probably just, I'm going to go ahead and opt for the Uber. So I, I hired the Uber and uh, a notification came up. This is neither here nor there, but in California and LA County, they still, it's like, oh, in LA County transportation, you have to wear a mask. I'm like, oh my Lord, it's freaking ridiculous. Anyway, we were able to work through that mask situation. And um, as Jack is pulling up, normally in the Uber, you just go and you, you know, kind of sit, you sit in the back seat and just ride and you don't, you know, there's not really a lot of interaction. The really good Uber drivers will ask you. They'll, they have questions. And, you know, if you're mm. busy, they'll leave you alone. But otherwise, you know, it's like, oh, hey, what's going on? What's happening? So I go to walk by and he's like, you want to sit in the front seat? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so we get in the front seat. And I know I have business to attend to. I've got emails coming in. And uh, the other day, I, in a two-hour span, had 80 emails come through that I had to look at. So I know that's going to happen. There's also a deal going on that I'm trying to facilitate and foster to move along, et cetera, et cetera. So I get in the Uber, and it's not long after that, you know, that um, he just starts to open wide up to me and talk to me about what's going on in his life. And I'm like, that's a lot of information. <laughs> and And we're strangers. But oddly enough, the information that you're telling me is in my wheelhouse because okay. it's about no offense, but we give a lot of information to all these people listening and we're complete and total strangers. So how many of them do we sit next to in a car? How many of them physically know us? I don't know. I don't look at it to find out. Okay. Well, it's not a negative. I'm, no, just, I'm not. I'm just laughing because it seemed like a shock to you. And I was like, we're doing the same thing, but no, know. I'm not taking a shot at him. It's just shock, a shock. Oh, okay. I am shocked. Um, the, uh, so with that being said, it's like, he starts telling me about what's going on in his life and it's really, really, really early on in the trip. And it's like, okay, I understand how this worked out and why it went this way because I was meant to be in this Uber on this trip going down to San Juan Capistrano with this particular guy at this time. And that was like 
it all settled in. So I was like, okay, as I've told you before, and I don't throw my faith out there all the time or force, you know, my, my faith on you as a listener group, but I just kind of winked at, at God and I was like, okay, I understand why I ended up taking this Uber. It took extra time. Everything just kind of fell into place. And this guy, um, this guy, Jack, he was really just sharing his heart, talking to me. He's a very, very passionate communicator, talking to me about what is, what is going on in his life. And through some circumstances that uh, he and his wife were separated and, you know, he was working through some challenges and, you know, getting to see his kids. And there were just a lot of things that were going on. And I really wanted to take the time to listen, to hear what was in his heart, um, to understand just more about him. And, you know, heck we had two and a half, three hours. So I knew that, you know, we would really get the opportunity at some point because we were talking about marriage and being a husband and being a father at some point I would just get to, you know, give him a little bit of my story to encourage him. And look, we all start somewhere. We all have a starting point. Um, once we get married, th- there's a point at which you look at your marriage and you go, okay, it's this or it's that. Or you look at yourself as a father, as a man, um, as a husband. It's like, okay, this is kind of where things are. And you just sit back and take inventory of where you are. And then at some point you decide is this where I want to be? Do I want to get better? Do we want to call this thing quits, etc.? And look, I'm not here to disparage their history and what their marriage is. This is just where they are. They are separated and things are going on um, in their relationship. And, you know, they had just recently seen one another and he had recently spent some time with the kids and things he was very encouraged with the way that things had gone. But we started to discuss his story in more detail. And, you know, he is kind of painting the picture of how things began to fall apart. And and what I do greatly appreciate is that Jack took ownership. He's in the process of taking ownership for what he was responsible for in this relationship. And he's taking responsibility for what he wants to do in order to restore this relationship if there's an opportunity to do so. So we both shared, you know, our story. And as we were driving down the freeway, You know, we were talking about things that were going to help facilitate restoration and change because I'm always rooting for that when it comes to marriage. Now, look, there may be a certain point, maybe even you um, listening to this program, maybe your marriage is in a a very hard spot and you're not sure if it's going to make it. You're not sure if the right decision is to keep your relationship together. And, you know... That's where we can come in and we can help you. We're not, Jeannie and I obviously are not, you know, PhD professional uh, psychiatrist or 
No, if there's a doctor Counselors next to my or, name, then it's because I'm visiting them, not because it's me. Yeah, we all we all we can do is go on, you know, going on 23 years of marriage and experience and adversity, um, and what we've done to kind of come through those things. So with him, he started talking about the many things that he was doing, you know, to improve himself, what he was doing to get himself into a better mindset, what he was doing to um, how he, who he was surrounding himself with so that he could be encouraged and, and, and be held accountable. And, you know, those were things that I thought were very, very positive. And I think if you, if your marriage is good and you endeavor to make it great, or if your marriage is not so good and you endeavor to make it good, that, the change begins with you. You can't stand back and look at, uh, at what's going on in your relationship and feel like it's all the other person's fault. Like it's all my wife's fault because of this, that, and the other thing. I, it I, is not. I always I seek to say what role did I play in the current uh, environment and what it has become because I, I want to understand what I've done to, you know, like we say, it takes two to tango. What have I done to bring our relationship to this particular place? You know, and uh, so he was very passionately describing the things that he's doing and what he's going to do and how uh, he's going to go about them. And then we just started talking about what it takes to change. And one of the things that was very prevalent, and, and this is, it, it seems like for men in general, uh, and probably women in general, too. I just don't know because I've never been, never will I ever be a woman. I'm always going to be a man. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> the, we say a lot of things. We say we want to change or we say we want to be or we say we want to do. And as a byproduct, our wives hear a lot about what we say we're going to do. But what are we really doing to accomplish that? What are we, what actions are we taking? And then when we take an action and something changes, do we go shove it in our wife's face to say, see, I told you I was changing. See, this or this. You continue to talk a lot. And I'm not speaking about Jack specifically. I'm just talking about what I see in men in general. Mm-hmm. There's always a lot of talk about what we're going to do and that we are going to do things. That works both ways. Women do it too. And that, that's something that I, that I want to cover like with you to say. But with that, you know, one of the things I, I, I just allowed him to talk through it and, and to talk about what he wanted to do. And then I tried to just add a slight bit of guidance to say, look, I'm sure you've told your wife many times the things that you were going to do, just like I told my wife many times the things that I was going to do. But with that being said, you can say whatever you want, but really it's what you do that's going to matter. Now, words matter a great deal. It's like I told people, it's it, one of the things I say, and it's I heard something, you know, this from my papa, I think back in Alabama, it's like, you know, there was there was this couple, and uh, the wife was like, you never tell me you love me. And he said, well, I told you once, and if it ever changes, I'll let you know. 
Mm -mm, I'm saying, look, no, I'm like that. That's not going to work. Okay. So we tell words are important. You know, you need to tell, you need to say what you're going to do, but it's this, you know, talk is cheap. It's action that pays the bills. You have to put action behind that. And how much can our wives trust what we say when we say we're going to do a lot of things, but they don't happen. And then there's a bunch of excuses that we use. Well, I never had. I just didn't make the time. I don't have the blah, 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 blah. Well, what is the source of that excuse? And in my experience, it comes down to you don't trust yourself enough to change. You don't believe in yourself enough to change because you can't trust yourself. So you talk about it because you really want to, but the words, like a mist, kind of evaporate into the atmosphere because you're not backing it up with action. Because truly, you don't trust yourself to follow through. It's like every time you start a diet, you're great on the first day. Usually you're great on the second day. But by the time it gets to the third, fourth, fifth day into the week, you've begun justifying... Friday. Friday's the downfall. <laughs> You've begun justifying why you're not going to do it now, making excuses, accepting that, because you're not willing to go through the hard part because you can't count on you. And I said, look, one of, one of the things that matters most is you don't need to talk about the changes you're going to make with your wife. Don't talk about them in the beginning. Make the changes. Allow your actions and who you're becoming to speak the loudest to your wife. But how are you going to do that? The only way you can do that is if you start coming through for yourself and you become a man that you can trust. Because right now, your wife, she can't trust you. She can't trust you because you cannot trust you. So what you have to do is you have to start to build internal credibility when people come to you and talk to you they say consider the source you've heard that i know mm -hmm. you have you've said it i've said it you judge you judge people's credibility based on how you know them and what you see them doing is that true mm -hmm. yeah well you you do the same for yourself that's why you don't come through for yourself because you know that you, you do not have the, you don't possess the credibility to trust yourself enough to follow through. How do you do that? By doing what's hard. By being a human being, being someone, being a man that you yourself would count on. Being, being a man that you would say, if, you, if you're in need and you call, you know when the, when the chips are down and there are people in your life you can trust, and it's because they have come through for you. Mm -hmm. It's because you've been able to pour your heart out to them, and they don't talk about your business. It's because when you were there and you needed them, they gave you a helping hand, and they came through. That is what you have to do for yourself. And you have to embrace the difficulty that comes along with changing. And at some point, you have to stop talking about changing and become 
that change or you're going to remain in the cycle and you will continue to be somebody that you don't trust. Because if you don't trust yourself, don't count on anybody else to be able to trust yourself. And this is one of the very foundations of what caused change in my life. Because back, back then I had, my intentions were always great. I had great intentions. But the effort and the execution were very poor because I was, I was unhealthy. I had so many things outside of the home that I wanted to do because I thought that's what I needed to do to be successful and to provide for the family when truly what the family needed was me, myself. And so when I took a step back, I did that experience, you know, that, um, that funeral experience. And I, I looked forward and I said, well, what would I want my wife and my kids and my closest friends to say about me on the day of my funeral? These are the things I would want them to say. Am I doing the things to be that man I, I want people, you know, that I want people to say about me? I, am I doing those things? And it's like, no. If I want to get to California from to Texas, there's a few different paths to get there. But if I get on the 5 North, I'm not going to get to Texas. <laughs> because I'm not on the path to get to my destination. So I told him, I said, look, this funeral exercise, it's part of what changed my life. And then coming to the point where it's like, I have to be able to trust myself. I have got to be able to count on myself. I've got to be able to come through for me. Like I come through for other people in other situations. So I have to change something. And I did tell him at first, it's like, look, my poor wife, as I started to change, I would come in and I would just vomit all this change all over her. And it would be overwhelming for her because like it's now this is going to change and that's going to change. <laughs> the diet and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, do not, I said, I could tell that you're a passionate communicator, but do not go and tell your wife about all these changes you're making. Just allow, and I'm repeating myself, but it's for a purpose. Uh, allow the changes you're making and the man you're becoming and the fruits of that to speak for you because your wife she probably knows you better than anybody. I know my wife knows me better than anybody. And she will notice the changes that are taking place. She'll also protect it. Uh, she, as, as we start to see, this is for me. As I started to see the changes you made, as I started to see the, um, because your vulnerability changed. You, you started opening yourself up more to other people. You started, um, when you help others, there's a, how do you put it? You have to open yourself up. You can't just go to someone and say, this is what I do. This is what you need to do. And that's that. There is a vulnerability to it because you have to explain your story. You have to tell how you came to that situation or how you came to that decision. Because without it, there's no credibility. Anyone can come up to me and tell me, this is what I did to make a million bucks. Okay, great. But where were you when you started? If you started with a million bucks and you made another million, great for you. I don't have a million to start with. But if you came from nothing and you came with, a, now you have a million dollars, I want to know how you got there. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Because if you didn't have tens of thousands of dollars to invest to make that million, how'd you get there? Mm 
if you already started out with the cash and you were forking it out and investing it and turning it into another million, okay, great, but I don't have that. But when you come to somebody and you say, my marriage was going through this and, or my health was like this, and these are the decisions that I had to make because these are the people that I care about and this is what I was looking at. There's a vulnerability to that. There's a honesty to it. That part of you is something that for myself, I can't say this for every wife because I'm not, but for myself, I protected that from other people. I protected that from when you came in and there were days where you were down on yourself or things were going on and I could see you um, verbally bashing or emotionally and mentally going after yourself. I protected what you had done by reminding you. No, this is not who you are. This is who you are now. This is what you've done. This is where you come from. But I only did that because I watched you go through the process. And, you know, what's what's interesting to jump in right there is that the people who weren't around and didn't see me change and didn't believe that I had changed, you protected me there too. They don't have a right to do that. They No one... See, that's the thing about a marriage. You're mine and I'm yours. I don't share what's mine and I don't let anybody take it from me and I sure as hell don't let them tear it down. Um, you know, people liken it to being a mama bear with the kids. You and I will go toe-to-toe with anyone any day of the week if you come at our kids. It is what it is. That's where our, their first line of defense. We've always been. But it's the same thing with you. I know what you went through to change your eating health. Your, your eating habits to change your health, to change your, change your lifestyle. I know the shit you went through in the hospital. I know what it looked like to watch you turn gray in front of me. Yeah, I was overwhelmed and you threw all kinds of crap at me. But when the rubber met the road, I'm the one that fought with the doctor to get things done because you couldn't. And to have a doctor just sit there and tell you, well, we're going to wait knowing you don't have the strength or the energy to fight with him. And you're kind of taking him at his word. I'm not taking him at his word. You and the kids are the most precious thing I have in this world. I'm going to go from hell to high water, whatever I got to, to make sure that that doesn't disappear. Well, you know, I mean, I really it, but it's to. like the other side is when people don't believe that you've become the person that you are, or they expect this is the shitty thing about people. And I'm I'm guilty. I am right up there with everybody else because I am one of those people that will hold the past and it will dictate how I respond to people. If I know your pattern and your pattern suddenly changed, I'm going to look for you to screw up. That's just human nature. I don't know why we're that way. We just are. But when I know that you've changed... And that that pattern has been completely broken and someone else comes in and says, oh, he's going to go back to doing that. Just give it time. They all go back. It pisses me off because I already know we've been at this now for what, 12 years. This isn't changing that direction. We don't look backwards anymore. We're not going that way. We're going forward. If you can't see what we see and you don't agree with the changes that we're making, there's the door. But I'm not going to let someone come in and attack you for something, whether it's to your face or not, knowing that's not who you are anymore. 
those patterns are no longer who you are. That's like taking an alcoholic and saying, well, just because he's been sober 40 years doesn't mean he's going to stay sober. That's a stupid thing to say. Well, and here's the, here's the thing I would say to that in which I, I'm very appreciative that you defend me, but I had to do something for you to be able to defend me with credibility. You earned my trust. Right. And, and the thing is, is that in the marriages for some of the folks that maybe you were talking to, their spouse may not have made those changes. Or it was temporary. Or it was a temporary, which uh, happens to a lot of us. But I was not, whatever it was, I was just not willing to be that guy anymore. Because you, I came to the point where it's like you deserve the man that I vowed I was going to be that day. And that's another thing that Jack and I discussed during the trip. Um, I, I said, look, you deserve, you know, this is like going through it, you know, that through that exercise, it's like my wife deserves X, Y, and Z. So it's not fair. It's not fair for you not to get what you signed up for mm-hmm. because I made those commitments. You made your own, but I made certain commitments and you deserve this man. And I'm, I, when I started to change the man that I am, I had to go back to that and say, this is what, this is who my wife deserves. And this is who I am going to be. Well, if you think about it in, in just basic terms, if you take your car to an auto body shop and you tell them, I want my car painted this color and I want these dents taken out and I want this work done and you go to pick it up and it looks all right, but something still isn't quite right. It's not exactly the color. Maybe it's close, but that dent is kind of gone, but not completely or the dent's gone and now it makes a clunking noise. You're not going to take that car home. You're not going to keep it. You're going to take it back and tell them to fix what they didn't give you, right? It's kind of the same idea. If if you promised me these things, then you got to come through on them. And vice versa. If I promised you those things, then I need to come through on it. I'm so glad we did not put obey in those vows. Oh, my gosh. I would be in trouble. I'm going to go back to that. No. <laughs> but with that being said, those are those were two of the beginning takeaways that he and I discussed is what I call building internal credibility, which is important if you want to change and you want to become someone else. And then being the man you vowed to be the day you got married. And no matter where you are right now, now look, your marriage may be on the brink of being over. Okay. Maybe your marriage is over. You're signing the papers and you're moving on. Maybe that's the case. But chances are that there's going to be another opportunity in the future. So go back to this thing. Do, do yourself a favor. Do the, do the funeral exercise where you look and you say, hey, what would I want my closest uh, friends and family to say about me after I've passed on? Write that down and then look at your actions. Look at the innermost parts of yourself because you can always say the right thing, which is, a, which is something that humans do. They say the right thing in the moment, 
but have little or no intentions a lot of the time of actually doing it. I don't want to be that man. I want to say what I mean. I want to mean what I say. And when I do the things I say I'm doing, and I want to hold myself to a standard because I want to be the man that you deserve, who I think you deserve, who you believe you deserve. Because that to me is what marriage is about. We're fulfilling some a lifelong commitment to one another. And it is about love and joy. It is about intimacy. So what do I believe that you deserve? Now, it works best when both of you have that mindset. But when you've gone through a very tough place in your marriage, you've got to start somewhere. And the only thing that you can do is focus on the things that you yourself can affect, and that is yourself. But you're not going to affect long-term permanent change if you have no internal credibility, if you're not someone that you yourself can count on. And that, you know, those were a few of the of the major takeaways is like, you're a passionate communicator, Jack. Don't overwhelm your wife with all the changes you're making. <laughs> Seek to build internal credibility with yourself. And then go back to your vows and endeavor to be that man for your wife. And maybe your kids are young enough where you can write vows to them for what kind of father you want to be. So write those vows as well. Because when you signed up to get married, chances are, well, for Jeannie and I, because there are a lot of blended families and whatnot, maybe you involved vows to children in your in your marriage. But if you didn't, and look, most of my children um, are to the stage where they're growing, but it's not too late for me to write some vows. No, it's just a different, the stage of life they're in is different, so your requirements as a father are going to change. That's very true. So, but you know, the big thing, like in one of my favorite movies, The Patriot, you aim small, miss small. Just start out. Start out with investing in yourself. Start filling yourself with things like this podcast or some Tony Robbins or some Ed Milet or a newest one of the newest guys that I've found, um, Damon West, or um, if you're looking to figure out how to change, look at Mel Robbins. She wrote a book called The Five-Second Rule. Um, those are things that you have to begin to surround yourself with. You have to start pouring in new things, and then you have to start small Small steps to changing. One of the things that Tony Robbins talks about is the pain of, of making decisions or not making decisions. That is a big deal. So you start to rebuild yourself, but it all begins when you go, when you look forward to, you know, what your funeral is going to be like. Establish what you want, the people closest to you. What kind of person do you want to be to them? Begin to get your life on a trajectory to move that direction. Then, then and only then will you be able to start creating the path for you to build internal credibility. And do not go talking about all the changes you're going to make. To anybody. 
as you're going to make these changes, you are building credibility with yourself. Once you trust yourself and there's long-term change, maybe I do believe that you need somebody to hold you accountable. So maybe one or two guys you might want to talk to and say, hey, this is who I'm endeavoring to be. Uh, if you see me stepping off the path, you have my permission to do X, Y, or Z, to say, to hold me accountable. That is something that, it's a caveat I want to throw in there. Um, should it be somebody who has a broken and sour marriage? I'm going to say no, but maybe you have a limited amount of people that you can that you can pull from. I don't know. Otherwise, there are Jeannie and I, which you can email, and we can help with some accountability, but we will only be as good as the information you're putting into the email. So as we as we continued on down, it became more and more clear to me that this was like a date with destiny. And then we started talking about, um, I said, hey, I want to let you know this is my story. You know, I'm, I'm married going on 23 years. Um, we have eight kids. We have triplets. We have twins. We have autism and special needs. We've been through a god-awful amount of health emergencies. We've been, our kids were sexually molested by babysitters. Uh, we went through all kinds of financial duress and suffered. Um, and at about the 10 year point, we had to make a decision about our marriage. And we did something about it. We proactively got involved in, in the state of our marriage and it changed. And I'm here as a success story to tell you that it is possible. Uh, and we do a podcast to talk about it and we talk about our crazy life and, and what goes <laughs> on, but we do this in order to help you. And I'm just looking, I'm just saying, you know, if you're endeavoring to change, I've been down this path and he said he already listened to podcasts and that he was going to dive in on it and he was going to be listening that day on the way home. He had those robo glasses from Bose like John <laughs> does, so he was able to call it up on his, his mm -hmm. deal. I told him when he was ready, the email is everywhere and that he could go ahead and reach out to us. Um, but there were some major takeaways that day. You know, and even in his mindset, you know, I was talking about if his wife, if his wife, you know, and he said, look, for where my heart is, I have faith that this is going to change. So I'm going to say, when my wife, and I said, okay, that's a good way to coach me up. And I can appreciate that. Just make sure that you're not telling your wife how she needs to feel and you're allowing her to feel these changes. You're allowing her to have these feelings and you're allowing her you're not like forcing it on her, you know, and in there's a lot of big things going on in this guy's life and he is on fire to change it. And I want you to know, Jack, I'm rooting for you. I'm a big fan and I'm rooting for you to change and become this man that you told me that you want to be. And for your wife, when you get to the point and you want to share the podcast with her and she's able to hear some of these changes that you're making because you can go back and say, okay, well, here's a podcast on communication. Here's one on, you know, how to, how to understand how your wife is feeling. This is how, 
women think about certain situations just to give you a framework for what that looks like. Just don't do them all at one time. No, 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 no. We had that talk. <laughs> he did. He did acknowledge that he is a passionate communicator. And he said, hey, I, you're right about that. And, you know, he's not going to go and, and like thrust this information upon. No, her. but you also need to know when you go back and listen to them, don't do everything at once. We've had people that have tried to do seven or eight things at one time and then get mad because the wife didn't respond. And it's like, well, you rapid fired, dude. You got to try and do one thing and get consistent at it. And then you can start the next step. Only because we're trying to spare you the whole um, argument and overwhelming and what the hell are you doing right now kind of situation because been there. I'm, I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this story. We ended up... Uh, we ended up uh, having a great ride. Um, we ended up having a great conversation on that ride. And I hope we ended up having a positive impact on one another. And uh, with that being said, you know, Jack, when you listen know this story is about you. I didn't want to give a lot of your details. When you email me, you know, I'll give as much detail about your story as you like. Let's just say that things are extremely difficult for he and his wife and his kids, but he's fighting through it. And, uh, I don't want to honor you for that. I don't want to cheer you on. So guys, the takeaway, there are several takeaways. I hope you wrote something down. I hope you made some notes. And with that, um, I'm rooting for all of you. So just know we love you. We're rooting for you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And get out there and have yourself a great day. She's Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. And this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.